All right. How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. Amen. Well, yeah, we're going to have a good time tonight. So repeat after me. Say, I am great. I am a success. I can achieve. And I can overcome. Say it one more time. Say, I am great. I am a success. I can achieve. And I can overcome which is really good. Last week, Gabe did a great job starting us off on Luke verses 1 through 13. And so I'm going to continue the theme that he used, how to start right and end well, with the focus on overcoming opposition and adversity. Now, a key point to success is knowing how to overcome unfavorable circumstances and obstacles in our lives. And so we're going to dive right in into Luke 4 and pick up on verse 14. Understanding how to deal with obstacles and circumstances in our lives is very, very important because we all run, to, run into things. And we all run into situations that may be unfavorable. And so we got to learn how do we get past those. And so it says in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Now, Jesus' return means that he was coming back from something. And how many, what do y'all remember from last week? Where was Jesus at? He was in the wilderness. He was in the desert for 40 days doing a fast, and then he got tempted by the devil three times. And so he passed that test, passed that training. And so now Jesus is returning from that, that, that training time, and he's full of the Spirit, okay, which is really cool because now he's prepared himself to perform. He's prepared himself to, uh, to do his calling, which in sales we have this term, and it's called this, proper preparation prevents poor performance. Have you ever heard that before? How many have heard that before? Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Now, how many of you have not studied for a test? Yeah, look, every hand is up. Not studied for a test and still expected to pass the test, though. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. You know, I, study for, didn't study for the test. Go take a test and then go in there and, Lord Jesus, please do something. Let the answers show up on the board miraculously. You know, just let me get the knowledge because proper preparation prevents poor performance. If you're properly prepared to take the test, then you'll pass the test, okay? Overcoming obstacles is more about preparation than anything else. And we understand this the best in sports. See, in sports, we, we, we know that in order to be successful at basketball, in order to be successful in soccer or, or any sport, you've got to prepare, right? You've got to train, you've got to practice, you've got to practice, you've got to practice over and over again. So when the time of performance comes, you're ready. When it's time to step on the field, you're ready. All that preparation sets you up to be successful at what you do. But this also breeds over into our regular everyday lives so that we're, we're properly prepared to deal with situations that we face every day. See, you guys deal with some things that we've never, I've never had to deal with. This whole social media thing is, is insane to me because when we would get into an argument when I was young, we, it, stayed on the, it stayed on the playground. But you guys bring the stuff home, and it just goes all day long. And you got to know, how do I properly deal with situations like that? How do I deal with circumstances like that? How do I prepare myself for when something does not go the right way during that day? When people are posting things about you that aren't true. When they're putting things online that's not true. How do you deal with that? See, how do you prepare to face the day is extremely important. Do any of you guys prepare to face y'all day?
Most kids get up and they just start going through their day. They just wake up, get a bowl of Cheerios, and it's on, right? And that's it. They don't properly prepare. The ABCs of Christianity set you up so that you can deal with any circumstance of the day. Now, the ABCs of Christianity are this, time in the Word, time in prayer, time in church. That's it. It's those three things, time in the Word, time in chair, time in, time in, blah, time in the Word, time in prayer, time in church. All those fundamentals that we teach you is so that when you have a circumstance that comes up during your day, you know what to do. You know how to deal with them. You know how to work through them. Okay? That's what that's all about. And so we go on to verse 15. It says, he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Now, at this point, there's no opposition at all. Right? No opposition at all. He's preaching, and really, according to Mark 6 and Mark, Matthew 11, uh, excuse me, Mark 6 and Matthew 4, it says that Jesus was already performing miracles. He already had his 12 disciples at this point. So he's going through the countryside doing what he does. No opposition at all. He went to Nazareth. Now, this is his hometown. He goes to, he's going to Nazareth where he was born, okay? He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. No opposition till he comes home. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Now repeat after me. He found the place where it is written. All right. This, and this is what he found. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, Jesus found what identified with him, which brings us to our next point. Do you know your word is written identity? Do you know your word is written identity? See, he found the, the part of the scripture that identified with him. And many of us, you know, we say, you need to read the Bible, you need to read your Bible. And sometimes, how many of y'all just, you know, do read your Bible? Raise your hand. I mean, now you're in church. It counts double, all right? <laughs> you do. Because a lot of times when, when, when you're instructed to read your word or read your Bible, most of the answers we get back is, it's boring. I don't understand it. I don't get what they're talking about. That's because you're reading it the wrong way. See, you need to read the Bible to identify with what's going on in it. You find the scriptures that identify with you. You know, and that's what we do. We do just like Jesus did. Open up the Bible and find the place that identifies with you. See, the scripture that I've stood on most of my life is Psalms chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit at the seat with mockers. But he delights himself in the law. And in this law, he meditates both day and night. And he would be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its due season, whose leaves do not wither. And whatever he puts his hands to prospers. That's off the chain, ain't it? See, if I, look, I identify with that. Wouldn't y'all love it that anything you put your hands to prospers? And see, and so that's the scripture that I've been standing on since I was 19. And see, now that I'm 21, you know, it, it's the same scripture that I, that I still hold fast to. Because <laughs> right, you have to find your identity scripture. And it may mean that you may have to sit down and actually read the book for a little bit. You may have to do a little bit of studying. You may have to sit up at night and go through the scriptures till you find a story or something in there that identifies with you. 
that you say, this talks to me. This is my calling. And that scripture will become the scripture. You may stand on for 10, 15, 20 years. Who knows how long? You have to find your scripture. Your favorite scripture or story becomes your anchor. And I love that word, anchor. When you find that scripture, it anchors you to God. You'll always come back to that foundation. All right, let's go on to verse 20. Verse 20 says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was, was, were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All right, now, here we're about to have a conflict. We're all good up until this point. Then he says, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. They were proud of him. They loved the gracious words that came from his lips. They didn't have any problem with what he was saying up until this point. He was doing miracles. They were fine with that. He was laying hands on people. They were fine with that. He spoke the word so graciously. They were fine with that up until the next verse. It's amazing what happens between verse 22 and 23. <laughs> verse 23 says, Jesus said to them, surely you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your hometown what we have heard, you did, heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his, own, in his own hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there were a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet. Yet not one of them were cleansed, only name in the Syrian. All right, so what does all that mean? Well, Jesus is basically telling them this. The truth of the matter is I was not sent here for you. <laughs> to be honest with you, I appreciate that y'all love everything I'm saying and how gracious I'm talking, but I was not here for you. Just like Elijah did not come there for everybody in Israel, he came for one person. And just like Elijah, the same thing was there for one person. And I'm telling you the truth, I wasn't here for you. And surely as I live, y'all are going to turn on me. See, now what, what do you do when you don't see eye to eye with your friends? Because see, Jesus was just like them. He was just like them. He, was, he, he came up in the same school. Same type of teaching, same everything. But he came back with a different vision and a different focus. He was not like them anymore. Ooh, speak, baby. <laughs> Which brings us towards our next point, verse 28. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the, on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. That's serious. They're going to throw this man off the cliff. <laughs> but he walked right through the crowd and went on his way, which brings us to our final point. Do not be alarmed by opposition in your environment. But instead of using that word opposition, let's change the word to something that's a little bit more familiar. Resistance. Resistance in your environment. And interchange may produce resistance. People in general want everyone to stay the same and oftentimes are resistant to change. The reason your friends pressure you is because the minute you change, now you change something in their environment. And most people don't like change. They're not used to change at all. But you have to recognize that it's not opposition you're dealing with, it's resistance. And see, and if it's resistance, we understand resistance. 
Because resistance can be something you can harness that will make you better. It will make you stronger. It'll make you a better person. It makes you look better and feel better. A resistance is something that you can overcome and use it to your advantage. Use it as a tool against you. How many of you have ever lifted weights before? Yeah, them things are heavy. <laughs> they are heavy. But if you keep lifting the same weight over and over again, what does it do? It gets lighter. You get stronger, it gets lighter. You get stronger, it gets lighter. You get stronger, it gets easier. That same resistance is easy to move past. And then when you pick up a bigger weight, you get stronger and stronger. See, in a few months, y'all are going to be going to camp, right? And this always happens every year. See, it's amazing. We take you guys off to this place, and it's just you, us, and God. That's it. You don't have your phones. You don't have your iPads. All your music is left. Everything is left behind. It's just you, us, and God. And day one, 24 hours into this thing, an amazing thing begins to take place. Y'all start actually, you know, becoming holier. You start doing stuff like smiling. You know, y'all become fun. <laughs> you know, all the, all the outside distractions are gone. And next thing you know, now y'all are happier. And by day two, y'all are up and y'all are, everybody's worshiping with their hands up and jumping in a room. By day three, you're laying hands on each other. And anybody who's sick, we're seeing things start recovering. And y'all start keeping us up to two o'clock in the morning because y'all want to worship and pray all night long. And then by day four, everybody's just in heaven and there's a fog in the room. And everybody's preaching and teaching and excited. I'm going to take my high school for God. I'm going to take my, my city for God. I'm going to go back and take my basketball team and my football team and my cheerleading team. And by Friday, y'all are so in the spirit that y'all float into the bus <laughs> and just sing songs all the way back. But then there's a problem. See, the environment you left does not know you changed. See, the same song that you was listening to before you left, you've got on pause. You've DVR'd all the TV shows that you used to watch, and they're all waiting for you when you get back. The same friends you used to hang around with and the same things you were doing with them before you left, they're all expecting you to come back and do the same stuff. They don't know that you have changed. And so when you get back home, now you're dealing with a little bit of pushback. It's not opposition. It's resistance to the change. You're now different, and your environment has to adjust to you. You don't adjust to it. It adjusts to you. So don't be surprised when you come back from camp and you meet resistance. Remember that. Because it'll make it easier when you come back because you can just say, hey, it's just resistance. It's just resistance. Okay? All right, let's go to verse 30, verse 31, and let's wrap it up. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away. What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are the Holy One of God. People inside his environment did not recognize him, but everybody outside of the environment did. Isn't that amazing? The demons even knew who he was, but the people in his environment didn't know who he was. When you are properly prepared, know your identity, and understand resistance, then you become a master at handling 
circumstance. It's not something you handle from the outside, but rather something you manage on the inside. All right, so let's wrap it up. All the people were amazed and said to each other, what words these are. With authority and power, he gives orders to impure spirits that they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. And verses 38 through 44 goes on to Jesus doing a whole lot of healings and moving in his gifting. Amen. So this is where we're going to wrap it up with three questions. Question number one that we're going to answer is how do you prepare to face your day? Question number two, do you have a favorite scripture or story from the Bible? And then question number three, what can you change today that will impact your tomorrow. Let's pray. Father God, I just give you glory and honor and praise, Lord. Father, I thank you that uh, your word will rest inside of our hearts. Uh, Lord, that you will empower us to prosperity in you, Lord. And Father, let us just have a wonderful time in our small groups. In Jesus' name, amen.